This hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Special episode of the podcast. Today, we are joined by girlfriend of the show, Justina. Hello. Very good to have you with us. Oh, it's so good to be here. Um, she's been watching... Uh, show on netflix that does a lot of they have a lot of harlots check it out it's yeah, my favorite it's show of British all time it's because she's been watching that show but they talk more like this <laughs> uh that's true mm-hmm. and uh so today's episode is gonna be talking a, it's a comedy shop talk episode but the big ticket item it's going to be the new newsletter, which we will get to later. But first, a couple other little things that have been going on just to catch you up on uh, stuff going on with us and just, you know, fun topics. Before we get to that, uh, first up, we have been in Reductress a number of times lately. Oh, I look familiar? <laughs> Probably because you've seen me in Reductress. <laughs> and when I say in Reductress, we mean in the pictures. Not, uh, For those who do not know, Reductress is a satirical news publication mm-hmm. very similar very to funny. The Onion. Mm-hmm. And we have been big fans of Reductress for years. It is so funny. Um, it has more of a feminists slash feminine mm-hmm. skew mm-hmm. than The Onion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's it's audience, like, I think it's, like, directing it, its stuff towards you know, ladies. I feel like a lot of, yeah. Issues, topics, yeah. I guess, um, is, uh, what is their fodder right you know like if uh the onion is the news this Mm -hmm. is like women's lifestyle yeah i agree with that um and so we had the opportunity because a friend of ours who is a writer for reductress Mm -hmm. her name is katie steenerson and she's a very talented very funny lady she um writes and contributes to the to reductress but she lives in south carolina and so she was notified about this opportunity for a photo shoot and she shared it with us and we got to be involved and it was awesome and i just get the biggest kick out of seeing me either too. you or me in one of these <laughs> like it's just so funny the shoot was interesting because they they did a couple of different groups it's fine if you want to drink some uh, uh <laughs> it <libations>. has ice <laughs> that has ice in it uh yeah we're it's an episode where you get to drink a little bit and uh so we're gonna get a little real loose as the episode goes on but uh for real uh, they did a couple of different rounds in the same day, and uh, Justina was in a different round than I am in. So when you see photographs of me speaking to a woman in a picture, it's not Justina. It's because it was a different round than she it's was It's like in. interesting because it's one of the biggest rewards of moving to New York with <laughs> the least amount of work. You know, it took us it was, uh, less than an hour each right. to do this shoot. We didn't have to do anything except they were like, oh, look sassy, or oh, just smile. Yeah. You know, put your bag down, or yeah, carry your bag in Yeah, they had no idea how they were going to be used they were just like here here just some ideas yeah and we'll just see what matches and they've used uh several pic or a few pictures of each of us yes they have 
reused some of the same pictures um, of us. And and I I can't even point to all of the different ones we were in. But, um, uh, you know, at this point, I can't, I don't remember the number. Yeah. I don't either. um, But um, I don't know. I just think it's so great. I'm so glad that we got to be a part of of that. Thank you so much, Katie. Yeah. And thank you, Reductress. Yes. Uh, Next topic, uh, something that's gone on, at least for me, I submitted, there was a writing submission, open writing submission for SNL, and I submitted for it, and that was mid-month that I did that. That was um, the middle of July when that was due, and uh, that was an interesting process. I haven't heard anything back. I don't necessarily expect to. I'm sure they get, uh, they've gotten a million, and they're just so many talented people who uh, have submitted and uh, I don't have, uh, you know, I, I'm not doing sketch regularly now, so I don't necessarily have the uh, chops necessarily that they have. But um, it was a fun experience, a fun exercise. I, I enjoyed what I wrote. Um, and it sort of, it just made me feel nice to have done it. Regardless of I what mean, comes of like that. you gotta do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You uh, miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, you just feel better. And this book that yeah. I'm reading, Justina, for background for all the listeners, loves a good self help book. Mm-hmm. And the one I'm currently on talks about just do your best. It will yeah. eliminate all of these feelings of guilt or like what ifs if you just in the moment just do your best you know that doesn't mean be perfect mm-hmm. but you know you submit it you know you did something um thank goodness yeah and now you have i know you wrote some sketches for this and now you have those sketches True. you know yeah ready to yeah, go i wrote four yeah one of them i couldn't use because it's an opening monologue mm-hmm. <laughs> but um uh yeah i mean i have a few things that i've written now that I can just say I put I into have. your um, portfolio. Right. And my portfolio is all stuff from like two or three years ago because I haven't written in a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah, probably too because you did um, the writing yes. classes yes, I've done a couple years here. ago. Yeah. I, I'm i glad I did it. And that was one of the things I told people was like, you can't move to New York for comedy and then when you have this opportunity, no kidding. not do it. Yeah. No, which you don't have to move to New York to submit to snl right but if you right. live in new york for comedy purposes and don't submit to snl <laughs> like what are you doing it. right yeah. yeah um and also i almost didn't do it because i started to psych myself out and say well i don't i'm not good enough for it or they're not gonna like you know what i write whatever blah 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 but someone that i'm trying to get on the podcast she's a writer and she was an executive producer of uh and i guess the she was also i think the main She's maybe the main showrunner. I, I can't speak to that um, for Busy Phillips show, Busy Tonight. And uh, I just have been able to chat with her. And uh, she said yes to doing the podcast. We're just trying to figure out a time to get her on. But long story short, I mentioned she actually asked me if I submitted. And I said to her, I don't know if I will. I don't know if they'll like it. And she was like, Submit your work and let them decide if yeah, they no like kidding. it or not. <laughs> a lot of people are are um, not cool with the fact that maybe SNL can use your ideas with not without crediting you or paying you. Also, it's like that's a very hard, fuzzy area. Like, yeah. how can you unread an idea? 
You know, yeah. it's always there. If I've it's seen, in the back of your head yes, and you don't and, realize that you've got and, it. Yes, and I know you have seen, you went into a discussion on this on Facebook about like writers going to improv shows and um yeah. and stealing those ideas. Like that's happened to me not on purpose. I've never used an improv show idea for anything I wrote ever. Mm-hmm. Unless I was doing improv for mm-hmm. that purpose mm-hmm. to create something, but not someone else's. But how you can't unlearn that. Like if you see something yeah, funny in improv, I just you know I, I it will always as, be in your as brain. As much comedy as you see, there's stuff back there that, um, yeah, you know, you're not. How are you going to be able to divorce it all? Like you're that. There's some moves that you learned, and subconsciously they're there, yeah, and they'll come out subconsciously. Yeah, you know, like it, you didn't realize. Uh, it's one thing when it's like word for word the same sketch, and so there are differences to this. And and I know when Robin Williams was talking about people accusing him of stealing, he was like, "I just would sit in a comedy club for four hours and just watch people because I was a fan, and I didn't know all stuff was getting filed back there in my brain." Totally. And it it you know I didn't realize when I was being off the cuff that it was something somebody said. Yeah. And I think a lot of comics have had that experience. Yeah. But there's also parallel thought. Yeah, and the yeah. thing that and I was original. right. The reason I think, for the most part, that SNL is doing, and I understand that there are people who actually are legitimately stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think SNL, because of their position, is they can't afford to do that. But I'll get to that in a second. Um, I did hear that there was a show, not SNL, and I believe it was on the East Coast. I mean, the West Coast, that was that that did get caught sending their writers to comedy shows to to steal ideas that's crazy that is crazy but i'm not super surprised yes yeah, because it's like yeah. you know like the stuff with um the whole dane cook louis ck uh itchy butthole joke yeah uh, and then also the funny name joke and people are like oh they're so similar they're yes. so similar dane cook did it afterwards though and he stole it from louis ck and i was like steve martin did it in the 70s before both of them right and nobody's saying Louis C.K. stole it from Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. So, you know, probably Louis C.K. heard the Steve Martin bit. And it probably was just in the back of his head. Yeah. But also, a lot of things, a lot of people are going to just think of. Because yeah. that's just how our brains work. It's parallel thought. And um, that's that's just something that's going to happen. And Louis, uh, I mean, Harrison, or Harris Whittles. Um, we have a friend named Harrison, but Harris Whittles was talking on WTF about when he would write for shows and he would try to police, uh, like, oh, we can't do that because so-and-so did it. And, um, it got to a point where it was just like impossible to avoid doing something that no one else, doing a topic or, or a kind of bit that no one else did. Yeah. And I think that's the case with these things with SNL. So let me... So, you know, just talk about what I said I would get back to with SNL. Like, in the early to mid-2000s, Lauren Michaels had a website. Just because every famous person had a website back then because people would tell you to have an online presence. And there was a contact section. But when you went to that, it told you, do not send bits. Do not send sketches. Do not send jokes. Don't send anything through this channel. If you do then consider it owned by NBC. Oh, interesting. Um, That was, A, to just keep people from sending stuff through that. Yeah. And B, to eliminate people um, litigating over frivolous stuff. And 
you know, if someone stole something word for word, then they deserve to get sued. But there are people, like this this guy who sued Conan, saying that Conan and his writers stole these Tom Brady jokes. And they were like low-hanging fruit jokes that literally everybody who made Tom Brady Deflategate jokes made. Yeah. You know, it was like the same... It wasn't word for word the same. It was the beats were the same. Yeah, and that's the thing that you're gonna easily do as somebody else. Uh, I mean, it, it's similar to what someone else did. So, I think SNL is just protecting themselves from frivolous lawsuits. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Because the people who are writing next season did not go through those submissions. Yeah, one hundred percent. They didn't, and I don't even. Michael Che didn't even go. You know, he's a head writer, and he didn't even go through those submissions. There is some lonely person who went through all of those and wrote notes and then said, this is the best of the bunch and here are the notes for uh, why I think they're strong. Because that's how those things work. That's how studios get scripts from people and they just have some intern read them yeah. and then break it down. So like, your stuff isn't going to get stolen from SNL. Um, I feel like it just like is a good point that we're making that if you have a genius idea, mm-hmm. you just have to do it and produce it yourself, aka the There It Is newsletter to be addressed <laughs> later in this podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and yeah, let's get closer to talking about that by getting on this next subject, which is just a nerdy subject. But for the last year or so, I've just noticed that comedy movies have not really been doing as well. Um, and when I think comedy movies, I'm, I know they're comedies, but I'm not counting animated movies and, uh, I'm not counting a movie like, you know, Avengers, even though it's funny, I'm counting stuff that's like Ghostbusters or, or Anchorman or 21 Jump Street. You know, those are the sort of movies that I'm going to call, uh, comedies. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to think of when I think of comedies. And so you had movies like The House with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler that underperformed. And uh, Amy Schumer had like two movies that underperformed. Mm -hmm. She had the one with Goldie Hawn. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had uh, I Feel Pretty. And I Feel Pretty, maybe it was a modest hit. I loved I Feel Pretty. I didn't Mm -hmm. see the one with Goldie Hawn, but I thought I Feel Pretty was so funny. Yeah. And so and to me, with the Goldie Hawn one... I thought it was poised to be as big as... Trainwreck. Trainwreck, maybe even, if it was seven years ago, The Hangover. Because yeah. it was that style of, yeah. we're putting a lot of money into this, and there are a lot of big moments, Yeah. Um, like Hangover was. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people lately have been pointing out, like, gone are the days of Wedding Crashers. And uh, Hangover, huge comedies, mm-hmm. huge, huge, big comedies. And I think Will Ferrell was talking about that when he went on a, a podcast recently within the last month, um, which made me talk about this, which made me want to bring it up. But I decided to look at what movies were doing well, what, what comedies were doing well and which ones were not. And I was surprised to find out that there are some movies that I wasn't considering comedies considered being considered as comedies. Like, for instance, Spider-Man Homecoming mm-hmm. is considered a comedy. Even if others consider it a comedy, I do not. I didn't think of it as one yeah. because um, 
superhero movies have been funny for a long time. Yeah. And so it just seems like a superhero movie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when we saw this recent one, Far From Home, I thought, or I sort of realized it does have the beats of a comedy. Like, for me, what makes a movie a comedy is if what is propelling the story forward um, is like... Uh, it's not, I'm not going to word this well. Uh, but if the story is being propelled forward by comedic moves, like usually like in a farce, it's like things go wrong. Or a joke. It's like every single beat, everything that moved the plot forward was funny and far from home. Like all the stuff, spoilers, that, um, that uh, uh, Nick Fury was doing. And that, like, it, it was, like, whenever it's like, no, I want to just hang out with my friends. We're going to go to such and such. And so then, like, Nick Fury, the next beat was a joke. And, and the joke is, like, Nick Fury did pulled some strings and got something to happen. It was a big laughing moment. And that pushed the plot forward. Hmm. Interesting. So it kind of does feel like, but the first one was written by, by guys who are known more for comedy. And then you even, like, the Joe Russo, I mean, the Russo brothers, the Joe Russo brothers, mm. the Russo brothers who did, I guess, I think they did all of the Captain America movies. They did the last two uh, Avengers movies, Endgame and Infinity War. Uh, they came from comedy. They directed a bunch of episodes of Arrested Development. Like, that was their history. So, I just, it's sort of like blurring the lines for me. But it changes what we can consider a comedy or not. And, and if we're just talking recent memory, the highest grossing comedy of the last five years, mm-hmm. which is the last five years when a lot of these movies haven't been doing well, Incredibles 2. That's a comedy? $608 million. Yeah, that's they're considering that a comedy... And it's like a uh, fish-out-of-water father comedy. <laughs> mm. I mean, I thought it was super funny, but does it matter if it's a kid's movie or not? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, if it's a kid's movie, of course it's going to be silly because it's yeah. trying to appeal to kids. Is that technically a comedy? And it's like, well, Looney Tunes is definitely a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, so I, I don't know. Well, Space Jam is a drama. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's it has a very central uh, dramatic point. Mm. Uh, I mean he. Uh, it's a sports Michael drama. Jordan, it was a sports it's drama. It's basically left, remember the Titans. It's remember the Titans, but it's also like the reason he was not playing basketball was very dramatic mm-hmm. in real life. Like, no, I know. Because his dad dead, died, yeah. and, you know. So like you think about it, that movie is a drama. Mm. The way Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but number two for the last five years, it's like highest grossing comedy, was Deadpool. Oh, that's funny. Deadpool, oh, it's an action movie, but it's so funny. It's so fun. and and that is an exceptionally witty mm-hmm. um, superhero. Yeah, it's an action comedy. Yeah. I mean, Beverly Hills Cop no, is a comedy. Oh, yeah, I know. You know, Lethal Weapon is considered... Deadpool is so funny. Co- oh, comedy. yeah, I, I think it's yeah. a comedy. And third was uh, Spider-Man Homecoming with $334 million. Deadpool 2. These are all movies actually within the last couple of years. Because Deadpool's the oldest at mm-hmm. from 2016. Uh, Deadpool 2 is number five. 
And these are movies that are considered comedies, but you wouldn't necessarily call them comedies. Mm -hmm. And so out of those movies, I mean, you've got a couple that are from 2018 and one that's from 2017. Um, This list that I'm working from is not updated with uh, Far From Home yet. So the numbers are probably a little off. But there's that. And then Big Hero 6 is considered a comedy. Yeah. Um, So, like, all these movies you don't consider a comedy are the biggest comedies of the last five years. They're not the ones that are what we kind of traditionally call comedies. Well, then maybe you could say that it is the end of an era, at least for the time being. Like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Wedding Crashers and... um, Anchorman. Were made explicitly to be comedies, you know? And yeah, it's these other ones are like kids movies or action movies or superhero movies. You it's know? it's a really interesting thing, and you also like we talk about some of the like Hangover and Wedding Crashers. Maybe Wedding Crashers, no, Wedding Crashers was actually not Todd Phillips, but he did the three Hangover movies, and he did uh, a couple other big comedies of the last several years. And his next movie is The Joker. <laughs> you know, yeah. like all these comedy guys moving into more heavier stuff i mean adam mckay a prime example he did all these silly silly movies for years and then he did a couple of very serious movies in uh recent years but if we're talking more serious like like not more serious but more traditional comedies then uh 22 jump street is the sixth highest grossing comedy of the last five years then it's Pitch Perfect 2 and Crazy mm-hmm. Rich Asi- Asians and Neighbors. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, you do you do get those in there. But even some of, you know, all the other things that are around it, like Pokemon, Detective, uh, Pikachu, and Shazam, all these movies have this other huge, of course, it's going to do well element to it. Like if it's a superhero movie, of course, that's going to do well. Of course, that's going to do better than the house, right? <laughs> you know. But people aren't going to see movies. I don't know why, but people aren't going to see comedies that are like that. Those traditional comedies. So you're right. Maybe it is the end of an era, or it'll just uh, you know for now, mm-hmm. as you said. Okay. Well, let's talk about the reason we are having this episode, and it's big, and it's that uh, the podcast is launching a newsletter. Uh, <laughs> A comedy newsletter. Thank you. Thank you. I am so happy about this newsletter. I think it's a great idea. As soon as you told me about it, I was like, do it, do it, do it before someone else does it because it's one of those things like it's it when you think of the idea, it's like pretty it's simple. Mm -hmm. You know, anybody could easily think of it and anybody could easily do it. Right. It's not like um, I created yeah. Some I engineered something. Yeah. Nobody knew. So I'm glad that you're doing it. Do mm-hmm. you mind if I ask you a series of questions? Yeah, about I'd it? like that. Yeah, and and you know this is something that I just for the turnaround on this. It was either right before July Fourth or right after. Yeah. That I thought of this idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and now it's launching and on it's Wednesday. Launching, uh, it's launching tomorrow. So. Oh yeah, tomorrow. Um, very good Um, so in um, in I guess a hundred words or less and I will count them as you answer Mm -hmm. what is the purpose of the newsletter Uh, good question so two three uh, it's a comedy newsletter 
Um, there are a ton of, I know there are a ton of quote unquote comedy newsletters out there, but this one is different in that it's comedy lifestyle. It is for comedians who are pursuing comedy and they're just these, a lot of things they, they need to be equipped with. Not, uh, all of it is going to be comedy tips. We're going to have life tips. We're going to have health tips in there. We're going to have suggestions on things, um, uh, a wide variety of things. A life tip might be, uh, here's a breakdown on how to write a skills resume that we saw on such and such website. Or here's a health tip might be, uh, stress, it's rough on you. Uh, here's a meditation you can do that can help deal with your anxiety or your stress. I mean, it's things to help you manage your life, things that relate to comedians. It's not, it's not all of it is going to be directly comedy related. Some of it is going to be about, um, helping, helping the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. We're trying to help you on and off stage. So you'll get some on stage tips, but, uh, let's, Let's help you off stage with the things that you're dealing with. Right. And that's so, well, you, first of all, that answer was 800 words, but I'll let it slide. Um, <laughs> it's also important, like any comedian who's very good at what they do, they have experience with things that are not comedy, you know? Right. How can you do good improv or good stand up or write sketch if you don't experience things outside of comedy? Right. So I think that's great. Um, let's talk a little bit more about who you're directing it to you said comedians what about comedy lovers what about comedy consumers what tell me i don't know who who all like what about my mom can my mom get something out of this newsletter yeah you know i think if you like entertainment you definitely can because it'll have some entertainment news in okay there. and and you know real practical stuff um spoiler alert one thing that I'm mentioning in this week's letter is the TV fall lineup. Mm -hmm. So you'll have a, a link to that. Right. So you can keep abreast yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of what's going down. Um, but also some of the life balancing tips, it's going to be presented in the newsletter as something that can help a comedian um, in some particular fashion, but there are things that can help anybody, you know, life balancing things, meditations to deal with stress or, mm -hmm. or anxiety or, uh, information about how to deal with depression. Mm -hmm. That's stuff that anybody can. Is it only from. for New Yorkers? Yeah. No, there are a lot of things that are only for New Yorkers, uh, comedy wise. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, newsletters out there that I sign, I, I yeah. belong to and I, I subscribe to, I mean, and yeah, they're only for things that are happening in New York. Yeah, There's a big one that, um, I just got an email and it was, it's, it was just like comedy shows in Brooklyn, yeah. specific. So it's like, well, I'm, wow. and that's great I love that me. they exist. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm so happy. That's great for yeah. me, but if you don't live in New York City, what good does that no, no, do no. you? No, no, you know? what I'm hearing is you are trying to conquer the world. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. No, but I, I hope that anybody can get something from it. Right. And it, I don't want to put things in there. It's like, well, here are the open mics going on in New York. You mm -hmm. know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to mention open mics because people know. They can go to the, that website, right? And just right, find that's the one the in their town. Yeah, um, and if they don't, then I can link to it in a newsletter and, and let people know like there's a resource, there's a different resource right. for you that you can use, and that's maybe not something your mom could use, but hopefully the things that are in the suggestions, 
because some of that stuff is just edifying. Like I, I have a buddy who listens to the podcast, mm-hmm. not doing comedy, but he likes listening to the pod. He doesn't do do it. He just likes hearing what people are saying. And right. There, um, there are times where I will link to something I watched that I thought was just interesting, and it was someone kind of explaining some piece they worked on themselves, and mm-hmm. and people who are just comedy lovers like that stuff. Great. Um, my next question is about how you're going to curate all this information. What gives you the right to put all this stuff together instead of anybody else? <laughs> well, my next question. Um, I don't think that I have, uh, I'm better this than anybody else. Necessarily. All right. Well, I guess I'll answer the question say, for you. You are way good at this. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not good at this, mm-hmm. so th- but thank you for uh, the support and the encouragement. But what I, what I, and and for trying to keep me in check if I'm being too hard on myself. So I do genuinely appreciate that. But I just want to say that uh, one thing I do want to stress is that this isn't me putting myself out as a guru mm-hmm. because all these tips are coming from somewhere else. Right. I'm just a weirdo who looks at all this stuff all the time. I believe the term is nerd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I mean, I, I, there, I've watched uh, John Mayer do a, a couple of different clinics at Berkeley School of Music. Um, I believe I, the term is nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I don't play guitar. I don't have a guitar. I'm not a. I'm not studying music to write songs. That's what a clinic at Berkeley School of Music is for. And I still watched that years ago. And when watching it, because of just the way he was talking about creation, I was like, oh, that still relates to me. Mm-hmm. I was watching it just to, like, take a step away from comedy and just enjoy something uh, about someone I'm a fan of. And I still found it edifying for my comedy. Mm-hmm. And things like that are just things that I've come across for years and years. And I, I look at this stuff every week. Right. And... I don't think the average person connects those dots. Yeah. And they definitely are things that I've found useful, and I think other people could too. And that's why I'm curating it. Yeah. Yes. I think you're the perfect person to curate (laughs) such a newsletter as this. Um, I had another question. Oh, yes. Um, I understand there's some type of giveaway in the first eight weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm, the heck? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? Right. We are giving away, a, we're doing a book giveaway, mm-hmm. essentially, and it's going to have eight different books. And for the first eight weeks, for people who sign up to the newsletter. So they must be subscribers. You have to, to be a enter subscriber. To win. Okay. Right. That's uh, subscribing is how you enter to win. And uh, we'll do it fair. We'll just like, you know, it's basically pulling a name out of a hat, essentially, Mm -hmm. out of those subscribers. And we'll send you a book. And this week's uh, is a book by Mike Sachs. He's the author of, and here's the kicker. Uh, But this book that we're going to give you is uh, Poking a Dead Frog, Conversations with Today's Top Writers. And... uh, Really interesting book, and it's uh, good for comedy nerds, and um, that's the book that we're giving away this week. Week one. Week one, and uh, we'll, we'll, we have seven other great books that we're going to do. Um, 
off the top of my head, what were some of the ones we decided? I, th- I think we'll do Born Standing Up. And- yeah, I think greatest improv- How to Be the Greatest Improviser on mm-hmm. Earth. Yes, we'll um, We're book. looking for suggestions because we have some great books, but they're mostly by male authors. And guess what? That's totally fine. These are mm-hmm. awesome books. But get- if you have an idea... Yeah, um, we have a couple um, that people might mention. Yeah. You know, I-, I was... Considering bossy pants, but that one is one that I feel like everyone's read. I feel like everyone's read that by this at <laughs> by this, this point, point. Everyone has read that, and it's a great book, and everyone should great read it. Book. But yeah. I think a lot of people, really, especially a really lot of the people book. who are going to subscribe to your newsletter, most of them have read that or own that I feel like it, or yeah. own a couple copies of right, it. Yeah, right. The hard co- hardcover <laughs> and the paperback. Um, so we have uh, we have a list. Uh, we're we're going to get these uh, books. Um, we're uh, Joe Toplin. We hope to get his book. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, his about how to write for. That's a great book. Um, That's yeah. like the Bible of <laughs> of, of, of late stuff night like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Okay, and then my final question, then I'll leave it up to you to say anything else you feel like we need to hear about the newsletter is. Uh, are you selling my email address? Is this legitimate? Am I going to get a ton of emails from advertisers? Um, I don't think you're going to get any from advertisers. I'm not giving advertisers your info because we don't currently have sponsors or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I don't really know how that works. So the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're only going to get one email a week from me. Mm-hmm. Except for the week that you sign up, uh, you will get a welcome email. And then you'll the it's a week, free weekly newsletter, so you'll get an email a week. Maybe if some special thing comes up, you might get a, an email. But bearing any situation like that, right? You're gonna get an email a week. From yeah, us. I think one email a week frequency for this type of newsletter is good. Like there's the yeah. skim, and it comes out every morning. That makes sense because it's news stuff. focused. Yeah. You know, when it was the skim and muse.com and, and things like that that are focusing on uh, equipping people and giving people information that can make their life a little easier, that gave me this idea. Yeah. Uh, because to focus I've been looking at those things for so long, but they're for people in the business world right. or women or I feel like those are real popular ones and I, and I see a lot of those. Um, but I haven't seen one for comics. Yeah. And so those, those sites that I think are really great resources, uh, and, and places for getting information, uh, they gave me this idea and it's, so if you're familiar with those things, it's that about comedy. Yeah. Sweet. There it is. There it is. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, girlfriend of the show for being here. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> and uh we are gonna uh, drink some more wine yes and cook dinner because i'm starving uh, i as well hey thank you for listening uh that was today's episode and tomorrow is the launch of the there it is newsletter which some people uh, rob who's been on the podcast was teasing me about saying the there it is podcast the there it like, is that is what it's called <laughs> Um, it's not just, I can't say uh, thanks for subscribing to There It Is Podcast, you know, or you know, whatever. Anyway, like us on Facebook and Twitter at There It Is Pod. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and on Instagram at Jason Farr Picks. And you got to sign up for this newsletter. You can go to There It Is Pod.com. We've got a little 
tab there you can click on will take you to where you can sign up for the newsletter and be entered to win our giveaway. Can't wait to share it with you. We have some fun guests coming up. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 